Robert Police is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's a number. And it's Momo Rodriguez again. All right, boys and girls. Here we are again. A post game. After our club, our one and only club, the Houston Tynamo, come back, dropping two points at home to Cincinnati. First and foremost, happy 4th of July. I mean, there's a lot of things to be grateful for, but there's a lot of awful things happening, like the uh, the condo incident in Florida, where basically now everybody they have not found is gone. That's uh, over 140 people, maybe 150. That's absolutely fucking heartbreaking. You know there's going to be a lot of investigation and lawsuits in that one, but it's it's just something that you wish never had happened. So I really feel bad for anybody involved. Sorry, it's awful. You you wish it could be better. Now that I've depressed the fuck out of everybody, let's talk about the Houston Dynamo and our four-game unbeaten streak slash winless streak. You know, it's it's an odd situation. It's not one you see every day. There's some things being discussed by fans that we're going to get into. But before that, and I'm jumping around a little bit, Saturday, I'd sold my tickets because I had no one to go with. It was a sad, sad time. And I decided to go to the bar here in town to watch England play. Uh, By the way, I, I live in a redneck town. So when I walked in, they literally had tennis on and the Yankees game. And not the Euro. So I had to ask the uh, the bartender, to, can you put on the soccer match? And she went to the guy who owns it. She goes, he, he wants to watch soccer. Nobody else is watching. So they put it on, had a couple beers, watched England beat the shit out of the Ukraine, which was nice. But those beers led to a nice buzz, which led to me having an itch to scratch. And I said, you know what? I'm going to hop on SeatGeek and I'm going to see how much I can get a ticket for. So I ended up getting a ticket in section 209, row K, which is near my season ticket seats, for $9. What a deal. Couldn't beat it. I actually paid less to sit in better seats than most people did for the 713 night. So, bought my ticket, drove on up there, hit up Pitch 25 prior to, had emailed, Twittered, Twitter emailed, Sean Ringrose ahead of time was like, hey man. Heading up there, hope to see you. I'd like to chat you up. Sean wasn't going to be there. Ironically enough, he directed me to uh, talk to Jeff Bonilla and Hattie. I think his name was Hattie. But I ended up meeting this man. His name is Mark Segovia, a.k.a. Super Gooner. And that was nice, putting a, uh, I guess he put my face with a name, because nobody knows what I look like except for Mark. And that was good. It was fun. It was a nice little talk. Uh, the Surge Supporters Group, such a nice bunch of guys. I've never hung out with any of the other supporters groups. Not because I don't want to, just because everywhere I go, which is pitch 25, the surge happens to be there. So it was it was a it was a great night minus the result. You know, two hot dogs and a dollar a $3 rolling rock. You can't beat that. Rolling rock for $3? What a steal. I heard one of the booths was giving out any type of beer for $3. I guess their their concession workers weren't filled in. But again, um, the 713 promotion, you see the effect it has on the attendance. Uh, 
Now, I personally feel that every weekday, midweek match, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I think those should be 713s. Those are hard nights to get people out. Now, I brought this up on Twitter, and a couple of people had brought up concerns that this would irritate and anger the season ticket holders. Now, I am a season ticket holder, and I will tell you this, and I said this on Twitter, I get more upset going to see the Dynamo play and there's 10,000 people there. It sucks. The atmosphere is something I pay for. It's an experience. And 713 night definitely elevates that experience to be something that I find much more enjoyable. I made friends at the match. I sat nice next to a nice couple. We had an awkward moment where... Um, they sat right next to me, like in their seats. And I looked at them and I looked at her and I said, I don't want you to be offended, but I don't really like sitting next to people I don't know. So if I move down one seat, is that all right? And the guy was like, yeah, that's fine, man. And the girl was messing with me. She goes, I'm offended. So I told her, I said, well, that's fine. Then you can sit over there and I'll just talk to him. But no, I think the 713 is a great idea. Uh, Jamie Roots and them, they have to find other ways. They have to find ways, period, to keep that stadium upwards of 15,000, 18,000. Because Saturday night was a great atmosphere. Let's talk about something else I've seen. Something I did not expect to see, but I totally understand. There is some Tab Ramos out chatter. There are people saying Tab has been out coached the last two games. I I partly I agree. I agree he's been out coached the last two games. Let's take into consideration it's his second year in MLS. Before this he never managed a top level club. He was a U23 coach if I'm not mistaken. One of the big things that people have knocked him on is his refusal to consistently use all five subs, especially considering our lack of depth in places like the defense and the midfield and up top and basically everywhere, as well as the extreme heat here in Houston. That is something I completely agree with. Why Lundquist did not get in on Saturday night, I don't know. Why Quintero gets in so late, I don't know. Why we only used two subs, I don't know. Tab came out in the press conference and said Ari Lasseter could have helped us. Yeah, I agree, but what's he really done? Ari did this last year. In the beginning, he was great, and then he just disappeared. He's done it this year, too. So there there are some people out there who are displeased with Mr. Ramos. I am not one of them yet. I still think you have to take into consideration the players he has and the results he's achieved. We still have the fourth lowest payroll in MLS. Well, not anymore. Not with Hadibi. Hadebi. But either way, you know, he's doing all right. It is a learning process, but I do think there are some tweaks and improvements, but that goes for every coach. So let's look at the lineup. Let's look at our lineup. We had my man Marco Marich in goal, another solid night from him. Zarek on the right, Parker and Minor Figaro in the middle. A surprise in Sam Junqua playing left back. He was my man of the match, even though Sam giveth and Sam taketh away. He gave us a goal, but then he probably was like, fuck you. I'm going to give them one too. Show you the power that I have. Uh, in the midfield, you have Corona, Jones, and Memo. No shock there. Up top, Pasher, Aruti, and Fafa. 
No shot there. Stats-wise, this is where it breaks my heart and depresses me. We had 21 shots to their 11. However, we both had four shots on target. The amount of shots that we did not put on goal, the amount of chances we had to work their keeper and didn't, is insane. What does this come down to? Having a true finisher. Having more than one. Having a creator that puts you in a spot where you can take a quality shot on goal. Possession-wise, we had more. 53-47. to 47. Did you know... In the two matches this year where we've had more possession, we didn't win. Yeah, so I guess stop I guess stop having more possession. Passes, 400 to their 389. Pass accuracy, 83% to their 79. That's one of our highest, highest numbers. 83% is something we don't really touch. Fouls, we had 15, they had 12. Yellow cards, we had three, they had one. It's the same story every fucking week with the fouls and the yellows. We have more. We win that battle consistently. Also, that official and many officials in the past, I don't think they're consistent. I thought we should have had a PK. We didn't get one. I thought there were some yellow cards given that were light. I thought there were some hard challenges given that there should have been a yellow. They didn't get one. Red cards. No red cards. They had one offsides. We had 10 corners to their two. We put that ball on Timmy's head multiple times and could not get it in. Here's another question. Why is Derek Jones not consistently in the box on corners? He's six foot three, six foot four. He is the biggest human being on that field. He's the biggest guy on our on our team. He's taller than Marco Marich. Yeah, but overall, it was a uh, it was an interesting night. It definitely did not go the way we planned. But let's take a look at some of the highlights and break those down, and then we'll get into Tab's post game press conference. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So here we go. Highlight time. Game on here in Houston, Texas on a 4th of July weekend. FC Cincinnati in white. The Houston Dynamo in orange. And that's a great penetrating ball. That puts a midfield on the wrong side of it now. The Dynamo have picked out the runner here in Junka. It's a good ball. It's partial. start here on the 4th of July weekend. What a start to the game. When this happened, part of me knew or felt we are going to run away with this game. We kind of did on the stat sheet. We just didn't run away with it where it counted on the scoreline. But seeing Sam Junk would do that to start off the game, that gave me it gave me tingles. Yeah, I, t- I tingled in spots that I don't talk about very much. So, great start to the match. Couldn't have been happier, but guess what? Like I said earlier, Sam giveth and Sam taketh away. What would you say, all right? Let's keep going, but... Oh, it's left through here. It's a big chance here. This is Barra Real to pull a goal back, and he does. It is now 1-1. The Argentine will pick up his third goal of the year. What the fuck did I just see? We went from the highest of highs 
a goal in the first three minutes to this ship, which just dropped us back down. Now, credit is due to the guy that just let the ball go past. I can't remember his name. But seeing Barrial score, and then considering the shit he pulled later, the laying down, the crying, the whining, the bitch, and the moaning, that just burst my collective bubble. I think it burst everybody's bubble. There were some boos in the stands. And uh, after this, I promptly went on Discord and said, Junkwa is a USL player or a backup in the MLS. Doesn't deserve to be here. I was wrong on the USL thing. I still don't think he's a starter in MLS for most clubs. Not yet. But he has the potential, which we saw later. But man, this was, that was hard. That one hurt. That one took all of my tingles away. All the spots I was tingling in, no more tingles. Oh. Junka gets around yeah, yeah. Barreal just through sheer power and will. It's still Junka. Shot is saved by Vermeer. Second ball swept away. What he was doing there, what Sam was doing there, and what he did all night long, beating the winger or beating the fullback off the dribble, that's something Lundqvist does not do or doesn't even try to do. Adam is fine just to play the ball back, play the ball forward, make his overlapping run. Sam showed a lot of promise with these moves, with this ball handling ability. It's a dangerous thing to do because if you're playing that high up the pitch and you turn it over, the guy covering the wing is Memo Rodriguez. And Memo's not the best defender in the world, but that boy sure can foul. So Sam Junko promptly stepped his game back up, kind of got us, you know, feeling, okay, you know what, you screwed up. We forgive you. Hama, hama, hama. All is forgiven. But it was nice to see. That's not something we've seen Valentin do either. So I think Junko's got some promise. Rudy all the way back in midfield making that tackle. Here's Rodriguez now with a lot of room. Something constructive could come out of this. It's a shot from Rodriguez. That's pulled wide. Why not? That was something I really enjoyed seeing. Memo attempting long shots once again. We don't take a lot of long shots. We do try to work the ball into the box. But I would say Memo is arguably one of our best long shot takers. Corona also teed up one of these long shots. So did Figueroa. So did Boniac. Boniac's Boniac's was just a bit outside. But it was nice to see Memo attempting to get offensive again. I wonder if in his mind he's pressing because he knows he's been out of form and he has not been producing like he normally does. So that's something to think about. If he decides to go to Pasher now. I think he wants to shoot again. (laughs) Pasher. Oh, it's jumping into the tackle there. It's Pasher for a second here. Oh, it's a huge tackle from Cameron and a block from Cameron. That challenge by Cameron on Tyler Pasher was not the one I thought should have been a penalty. I do think it should have been looked at, but I don't even know if we use VAR in the MLS. Too many acronyms. But it was good to see Tyler be aggressive. Pasher has looked like the Pasher of old. That's a great sign. But that's also terrible because now he's going to be gone all month playing for Canada. Oh, Canada in the uh, the Gold Cup. Man, he's hitting his form just as it's time for him to go back and play for Old Canada, right? Uh, it's going to be tough, man. Careful. It's a chance here for Utonga. It's a save from Marco Maric, and it's a big one. I told you. It's nothing to do the whole game. A miss hit falls right to a Tonga and Marco Maric recognizes it immediately gets himself out and you hear it all the time. I'm pretty sure the phrase it's a save from Marco Maric and a big one has been the most frequently used call on our color commentary 
all season. Marco's been great. Marco had as many saves as the Cincinnati keeper, Vermeer. The problem is, we only got a fifth of our shots on target. So Marco Marich still coming along. He did uh, terribly boot a ball out of bounds. But his distribution, I guess, I mean, I guess, come make it better. Work on it in practice. Marco needs to spend, if you have three days of training, Marco needs to spend two of those just working on his passes, man. Because if we can get him to be a solid distribution keeper, man, it's dangerous with our counterattack. It is. Utanga now to Brenner. And Derek Jones just knocks Brenner off the ball. Here's Aroni. A chance for a second. Aroni blows it over the top. What a dramatic ending. That could have been here to the first half. And the half will end at 1-1. So good from Derek Jones, Glenn. As the half is winding down, a good turn from Yerudi, and we talk about how good he is at getting the ball on target. Ah, oh, Maxi, we all got excited right there, right? We got a little bit of those tingles again in those places we don't want to talk about. But that was a, what, what started that, a Derek Jones turnover. I love seeing Derek Jones play a little bit higher up the pitch. I like it when he gets freedom to move forward towards the box and help disrupt and pass. Derek Jones is I think he is our best midfielder. He sits back in that defensive mid and sometimes he drops between our defenders. But when he pushes forward, he has the uncanny ability to take the ball away and quickly find the open man. It doesn't hurt that his legs are, you know, as long as my body. And I'm six foot one. But Derek Jones pushing up the field, turnovers, the way he moves on the ball, he is my favorite player. I love him. I think this season, aside from him, Maxi or Marco, you could make the argument, I feel are our most important players. That moment brought the crowd back in it. It's Quintero. Hangs it up at the far post. Arudi's drifting out now. Jow gets out to him. Box is loaded up here. Parker trying to get ahead. Oh, it just skips wide to the left of Vermeer. I think Tim Parker did a great job getting forward and getting his big old ginger head on the ball. I do think we need to put Derek Jones up there a little bit more. Put Jones at the near post, Parker at the far post, or vice versa, because Maxi sits back. But man, you got a guy that's six foot four. Put him in the box. Put Derek in the box. I don't know if maybe the way Derek Jones's hair is, you know, because he's got those cool braids. I love his hair. If that would like, you know, if that makes it so his headers are inaccurate, I don't know because I have a man bun. But put the big boy in the box. But Timmy did a great job getting involved, and at some point, I hope. Those headers are going to start going in for Mr. Parker. Here we go, Quintero to the back post. Vermeer got a hand to it. And that does it. Frustrating end to this one. You can't say the boys didn't really push in the second half to try and get that game-winning goal. They did. We played up. We pinned them back. We were aggressive. We just couldn't convert any of our 10 corners. And we only put four of 21 shots on target. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. That has to be better. We have to be a little more clinical in the box. If Maxi Aruti is the only one who can, oh, I guess Pasher and Fafa a little, but we need a little help from the midfielders. But 21 shots and four on target, 10 corners and, and nothing to show for it. That's 31 opportunities if you add them together and one goal. That's shit. That needs to get better. So now we're going to move into Tab Ramos's post-game conference this is now i have not yet put his post-game conferences in the podcast but i am now 
because I want to hear what Tab has to say, and I think if you miss the post game, you'll find some very interesting points of view from the uh, reporters and from Tab Ramos. So here we go, Tab Ramos post game press conference. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we we definitely want to thank the crowd. Um, I thought it was a great atmosphere for a game. It was really exciting. Um, you know, the team felt the support of the people that came out today. And, uh, yeah, it was an amazing day here. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the three points for them. It was a great atmosphere. The supporters were there. We supported. We yelled. We screamed. We booed quite often. I think that the post-game audio, stop doing it during via Zoom. The audio's terrible. And I don't know how to clean that shit up because I'm an amateur. But, yes, Tab, you're right. We gave you guys a fantastic environment, and it really hurts that we didn't walk away with three points. So this press conference is about to get a little bit chippy. People are about to ask some questions that Tab might agree or disagree with. So here we go. The four draws, yeah, they're not losses, but they're draws. And the way the team played, especially these last two games, what do you take from these four draws? Yeah, I mean, it depends how you look at them. Obviously, we're trying to win the games. Uh, I think you could see that today. Uh, the idea is to win. I, I didn't think we played well. Uh, away at RSL in that draw, uh, but we got a good result. We played pretty well against Portland at home, and we should have got a win, uh, and today we should have got a win too. So, I mean, there, there's only so much I can ask of the team. Um, at the end of the day, I think they made a great effort today, and today should have been three points, and it just wasn't. All right, I'm going to go ahead and disagree on two of those three points that Tab says. Versus RSL, we played awful, and we should not have gotten a point. Oh, wait, no, I'm agreeing with him on that. Versus Portland at home, we outplayed them in the first half, but they outplayed us in the second half when they put on Chara and Valeri. So to say we should have had a win versus Portland, no. If we'd have put in 60 minutes to their 30 minutes of hard work, yeah. But the Portland match ended the way the Portland match was supposed to. This match should have been a win. We should have beaten Cincinnati. Why didn't we? Because out of 21 shots, out of 31 opportunities, including corners, we put four on target. That's why we didn't win. Our effort was there this game, the entire match, and we haven't seen that in forever. So that's something to build off of. But RSL should have been a loss. Portland should have been a draw. This should have been a win. So we walked away with three points from three matches instead of the four we should have had. But we got to get better finishing, period. I also like how Tab says that's one way to look at it. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. But we're not gonna, if we draw every match, we're not making the playoffs. If we draw every match, I, I want to say we're outside of the top 10 in the Western Conference. That's what, 32 to 38 points? How many games are there? One point per match. So yeah, it's one way to look at it, but let's, let's, let's say how it is. We are not getting the results we should get. We don't have as many points as we should have had. So one way to look at it. Yeah, there's lots of ways to look at it. We're on beaten in four, right? Fuck. Um, another game, an, another home game where in the second half, the team doesn't play as well as in the first half. Have you been, been, been able to see what's been the cost of that in these past two games? Or no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I disagree with you. Uh, you know, the second half, I thought we pinned them back uh, pretty much the whole second half, whereas the first half was a little bit more open. And because it was more open, we did create a couple more chances, but they also created chances. And I thought in the second half, we did a good job of pinning them back and, and, and trying to create chances and, and trying to win the game without giving them uh, too many opportunities, which is difficult. So, you know, second half, I was happy with the team. We wanted to make sure that that, that we had the se a second half like the first with the same energy. And, uh, you know, I, I can't ask any more of the team. I thought the team had a lot of energy and they played with a lot of pride tonight and they played for the fans tonight. And that, that was nice to see. 
I disagree with that statement as well. We outplayed them in the second half. It was closer in the first, but we outplayed them in this half, second half. Why? I mean, if you have to ask the question, why is our team underperforming in the second half, and you don't, you're not paying attention. It's the lack of rotation and the lack of depth. These guys that we're playing, we really have, what, 11 to 12 guys that play. And that's all we've had all year. We are putting some serious mileage on our attackers and our midfielders. We rotate the most at the back, and that was only because of injury. So if you don't know why in the second half that we die off, like you got to go back and watch some film. Watch the game. We don't make subs early. We make them late. Our guys are tired. We don't have quality depth. I don't know if you looked at the guys on that roster last night, but there was a couple that have no business being on the bench of a major league squad. All right? So I think the Hadebi signing will help. I think Junk was spelling Lungfist will help. I think with this break that Darwin Quintero will get back into form a little bit, and he's going to get the chance to play. So that's going to be huge. But this break coming up, this, 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 this stretch coming up, man, this is scary. It's scary for everybody, but especially for us because we're literally losing our best players and who we replace them with are not guys that should be starting MLS matches. Hey, Tab, you mentioned it's not for lack of trying. You mentioned it, it's not for, for lack of any direction. Do you think this team is just missing that key player to get to back to its winning ways? Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I think at this point, you know, we're, we're doing quite well with the players that we have. Um, there's no question that we have teenage that, that, that will help us well when he comes into the lineup and, and, you know, whether it's for this next game coming up or in, in a couple of weeks. Um, so we're putting, so we're slowly putting pieces together. I think, I think the good part is that the team is doing well as it is. And I, you know, I, I want to make sure that I always say um, that there's no magic pill to solving team's problems. There's not one player that will solve the team's problems. I think the team always has to be doing well and we have to win without, you know, that, likely that special guy but but i think at some moment uh, maybe we will need someone else i don't really think it's hard to tell we don't have depth i think tab is right with the players we have uh, he didn't say this but we are overachieving we are we have a squad made up primarily of squad players how many of the guys on our club would start for other teams tim parker Name me someone else. Maybe Derek Jones, Marco. Who else? I don't think anybody else would start for other teams. Maxi wasn't starting. Fafa wasn't starting. Tyler was in USL. Memo's not been starting here. He's hit or miss. Corona maybe, but Corona hasn't been the Corona of old. So yes, we are missing a creator. We all know this. But you can't go out and say in a press conference, we need to sign more players slowly. But he said the right things. We are slowly putting the pieces together. Now we got to get one. We got to get a midfielder. We have to get a creative midfielder if you're not going to play Darwin. Darwin, and we got to get somebody up top who can also help with the finishing, who can help score goals. Can't run everything through Maxi all the time, man. So, good answer by Tab. Good answer. Good question by Victor, as always. He gets his first MLS assist tonight. Uh, you obviously had the fate to put him at left back. What have you seen in him and his progression coming back? Uh, and obviously his performance that he put out there tonight. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope I'm seeing the same thing that everybody's seeing. You know, you 
you know, if you, if you take into consideration, he, he was completely out without training for a month and a half. And, and now in, in just three weeks, he's all of a sudden starting some big games for us and doing really well. I mean, he played against Vela um, and, and, and had him out of the game most of the time. Uh, he played against uh, today against Barreal, who's a very, you know, he's an excellent player and limited him to, to very little, if anything at all. So, uh, you know, and on top of it, he gave us something offensively, which we've needed uh, from both our outside backs. So I, I'm really happy with where he is. I hope, you know, I know that he still has a lot of improvements to make, um, but as a young player and having played only, I think today was maybe his 12th or 14th game in MLS. I mean, you know, I, I think he's in a good place. I like what I see. This definitely was a bright spot. Now we know that we have a left back who has the potential to be a starter in MLS, at least for us. He definitely has the potential to give Adam Lundquist a day off. Sam also could play in the midfield on the left. He could, because he did. They pushed him so high up that Memo was dropping back and was essentially a left back. Memo or Corona, one of them. When you're far away, they kind of look the same if you can't see their numbers. That's not racist, though. That's not. But yes, Sam was a bright spot. He was my man of the match. Even though his boneheaded play led to the goal, he was the man of the match. And his progress was nice. I, I Oh, God, he used to make me so nervous. He still does. I, I still don't trust him 100%. But his ability on the ball and his willingness to get in and attack... That was a huge spot. That's a bright spot. That's developing. That's drafting. That's training. That's coaching. That's something we need to see. So I, I'm happy with Sam for now, I guess. Focus on pressure. Um, you obviously saw something in him in the USL to bring him to this level, and he's rewarding you with that. He got the call to Canada. Um, does he have another gear, do you think, or, or, is, or is he just still kind of working his way back? No, I, I think he does. I think you have to remember he's a player not used to MLS. Uh, and he is still delivering. I mean, let's not forget, he's still a dangerous player that other teams worry about. Uh, and I know because I've heard other teams speak about him. So, um, you know, he's a good player. And I think as he adapts more to the league, he will give us more. I think the Tyler we saw on Saturday was the Tyler we saw in the first couple games of the season before he got injured. So that is also something that's nice to look forward to. What sucks is he's leaving. He is leaving. Now, we signed Tyler from the USL. There are players in the USL that are better than what we have on our bench that never plays. Why we don't scout the USL a little bit more, considering Tyler Pasher, is beyond me. It's a natural progression to move guys up through USL to MLS. It is. Look at every other country. England has, what, seven professional leagues? France has, fuck, four or five. They move up through the ranks. They're not good enough for the MLS. Stick them in the minors. Stick them in USL. We got to scout down there a little bit more if we're not going to be splashing the cash on transfers. Oh, yeah. And um, Messi's available. Tab had said earlier, you know, one player can't change the game. I beg to differ, Mr. Ramos. I think if we were to go out and sign Lionel Messi, uh, we'd change a lot of games. Never going to happen. Why? I bet he goes to, uh, what is it, NYCFC? Maybe because of their deal with Man City. Man City. So, yes, let's get some more USL players that are young and we can coach and we can train to be MLS players. Hey, Coach, um, can you talk a little bit? You've talked a lot about possession, and it seemed that the midfield did a better job of controlling the ball today. Can you talk about what you saw from them? 
Yeah, I thought today we played a little bit faster. A lot of it has to do with the tempo that that both Derek Jones and Joe Corona set for the team. I, I thought in, in past games they haven't been able to do that, uh, and I thought today they did. Um, obviously, we have to take into consideration that in the second half we had them pinned uh, and they couldn't come out, so that obviously increases your, your possession percentage. Um, but I think what's important is what you do with that possession, and I thought in the second half we should have created more for the possession that we had. I don't think you can knock Derek Jones for his tempo in the past games. I 100% believe you can say something about Joe Corona or about Memo Rodriguez, but I think Derek Jones has shown that he has the ability to take over that midfield. And when he pushes forward, God, we look pretty good, right? He just takes the ball away like it's easy, works it out to the wings. So, yes, the rest of the midfield definitely needs to step it up. Uh, the possession game, we won, but we didn't win. Why, Finister? We didn't have enough quality chances, man. We had chances, but we blew them. It, it was, it was a, Jesus, man. It, it was tough. That was a game we should have won. Uh, you mentioned the second half and, and just the, the pace of play seemed to slow down a little bit. Did that, do you think that affected at all the team and the ability to create chances? Well, I think what happened too is, you know, they, they did a good job in slowing the game down. You know, um, you know, they were going down, they were staying down. There was a lot of delays. Uh, when they had the ball, they took their time to pull the ball. You know, we took 20 shots today and they took their time in putting the ball back in play every time. Uh, you know, it was the same in throw-ins. It was the same, you know, and, you know, I, I'm not blaming them. You know, they did a good job in delaying the game, but we wanted to keep the pace high. Um, and at times, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't us that was slowing it down. It was certainly them. I absolutely hate the way these South American players play, this gamesmanship, this acting. I can't stand it. I think at some point, like simulation cards, they need to come out. You know, or if, or if you're down for a certain period of, time, period of time, or you go down a certain amount of times, you're out for a certain amount of minutes. How about when they go down and they get back up, they have to sit out for the amount of time that they were down. Like, if you look at it like a, like a hockey match, hockey game. It's like a penalty box. Oh, you laid on the ground for three minutes and this is your third offense. Now you have to sit out for the two minutes you lay down. That is something that I think could fix this because you slow the game down, you slow the tempo down, and you get people out of their rhythm. And I understand that's a part of the sport, but it's a bullshit part of the sport. And the acting and shit needs to stop. I watched Hondurans get carted off the field in, in the, uh, the CONCACAF game in Denver and then run right back on. That shit needs to stop. They need to fix that somehow, some way. And that's on MLS and Garber. I feel this game came down to more what Dynamo didn't do on the field, or was it more about how Cincinnati, you know, defended the Houston Dynamo today? No, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't worry about other teams as much. I, I think it's about us. I think we have to do better. You know, um, we can't pass, you know, pass that on to saying, okay, Cincinnati defended really well, which I think they did, you know, and they did all the things they needed to do to get a tie out of the game. Um, but we need to solve those problems. Uh, we still need to make plays that win games, and uh, and we have to do better. I think really what we're missing is that that creative midfielder, for real, to make to create those quality chances. I think Darwin Quintero is that. I do. However, he's not getting the minutes that he used to get. So we do have to be better finishing. Saturday night was inexcusable to walk away with just a point. Now, we are about to get really defensive. And by defensive, 
I don't mean that we're about to play good defense. I mean that we're losing five of our starters for an entire month to the Gold Cup, and we have three road matches. Three road matches. So this is not a time I'm looking forward to. Somebody posted, like, how many points do you think the Dynamo will pull during this time? I hope four. I hope we get four points from this. That would be a win. Because this could very well, this could really be three road matches where we don't get anything. Truth be told. I think that we're going to have some unentertaining football. I think we're going to be playing for the draw. You can't even really play a back five. You can't. Uh, This is going to be the time where we get to see how Tab Ramos really manages. Now, other, other teams are missing players. But we don't have we don't have a Diego Valeri to come off the bench. Or or a Chara. Is it Diego Valeri? We don't have guys like that coming off the bench. Our bench players are playing for Costa Rica. So this is gonna be a tough time, man. I'm not looking forward to this. Uh this is one thing I do not like about MLS. I do not like that we play at the same time as the big international international teams play because we lose players and then we get watch, we get to watch our, our squad players or our academy players come up and I'm okay with the academy players but not when you're in a playoff fight man not not when you, you you're sitting there trying to to get back into the playoffs for the first time in in ages so tough tough thing coming up tough tough couple matches at home dropping these points is really going to hurt us now but anyway, you know what? You gotta stay positive. Stay positive, guys. Good things happen if you put positive vibes out into the universe. Anyway, boys and girls, that's been it. Houston Dynapod Podcast. We got a hellacious road schedule coming up. So say your prayers and send your thoughts because we're gonna need them. And you better hope that some of our boys that they all stay healthy. And that we we can we recall Palomino now? Can we can we bring Mar- Marcelo back and then send him back out on loan again? Because he's looked really good in uh, in Charlotte, Charleston, Charleston. Anyway, Houston Dynapod Podcast. I am Finister. In case you haven't noticed, give us a like, give us a share, give us a rating, give us a review. Send us your money. There's a support button down there if you want to. I don't care about the money, but I do. I fucking love that. Anyway, go Dynamo. Albert Police is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's a number. And it's Momo Rodriguez again. 